welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. down here today. I wore the wrong coat today. Whew. I think it's 100% winter. <laughs> For winter. And I, I'm sorry, I had to take the coat off. It was a little too hot. I would like you please just to look with me in your Bible at Numbers chapter 33. And did anybody see my notes? Are they up there? Thank you, sir. Uh, Numbers chapter Did I say uh, 32? Close. I haven't actually preached on a Sunday morning for a while, so this is going to be good. I've got a lot of stuff building up on the inside of me. Just pray I don't go for five hours. (laughs) Oh, God, help him go four hours. Oh, God, help him go four hours. (laughs) Um, Before I read this, though, before I read this, I want to pray that we do hear exactly what we need to hear for the rest of the service. The Lord knows the intricacies of your life, the pains, the big ones, the small ones, the challenges that have come that are around the corner, and he wants you completely above it all. You are a born overcomer if you're a Christian, and that's just your stamp of character. That's who you are. And so let's just look to the Lord and get what we need. Father, thank you so much for everything that's already transpired up to this moment. Oh, Lord, so much of it's just worth going over again on the archives, we're going to do it. We thank you, Lord. You, you said things that I pray don't get away from us. And now, Lord, you've got some more things to do for us and to say to us, and we are open. We have ministered to you, Father, through our tithes and offerings. We have ministered to you through our worship, and we know you want to minister to us now. You want to give us things there's no natural remedy for. You want to give us victories and help that there's no worldly cures for, and we thank you for that. Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see clearly what you're saying to us. Help us to understand what it is you have for us now and in the future. Show us things that will help us, our marriages, our families, our children, our businesses, our financial situation. You love us, Father, and we look to you right now for manifestations of your love to help us in all these areas, some that we're not even aware of yet. Prepare us anyway in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Amen. So we've been talking about manifestations of the Spirit, ways God shows up in the earth realm, things that are perceptible to mankind. We know God does a lot of invisible things, but we also know at times He does very visible things, and it literally, quote-unquote, freaks people out. I mean, I was talking to a friend of ours who was a missionary to Uganda. You know David Musisi, David and Salome Musisi. Rick and Kathy know who they are. Others may know. I remember one time he came here and said, you know, we were ministering to a little boy who had really, really crippled feet in Africa. And we're believing for miracles and we're believing for deliverances. And so they started praying for this little boy. And all of a sudden they started hearing what sounded like gunshots. But it was this little boy's bones popping and coming into line. And it said it scared the ministers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it scared the ministers. Sometimes when God shows up, you just react different than you thought you would. <laughs> Sometimes you just run into the wall, right? <laughs> I know when Norval Hayes was praying for his daughter Zona to be healed of all these ugly growths all over her body, the ugliest hands in high school, and Norval was praying about this and saying, God, what's going on here? This can't be your will. This can't be your will. You're a good father. This can't be your will. And basically, the Lord said, it's not my will, son. And if you will curse those growths in my name, they will die like I cursed the fig tree and it died and they will wither like the tree withered. So just do what I tell you to do and doubt not and you'll see a miracle in your daughter's body. Well, he did. He did that for like 60 to 90 days. Just he, he spoke to it and then believed God that it worked just for 60, resisting doubt. And then he heard what sounded like a dresser turning over in his daughter's bedroom. She was putting up clothes and her hands were all ugly and putting up another clothes and all of a sudden her hands were beautiful skin all over her body. The miracle occurred, everybody say 90 days later. So who gets blessings? Those that don't quit. 90 days later, it says she ran into the wall. (laughs) When God shows up, when God shows up, sometimes you run into the wall, you know, and you don't get hurt, you get healed. But we want more manifestations of the power of God in the earth. And the revelation is we have a part for that to happen more. God wants 
a lot more miracles happening than we've been opening the door for. And the Bible tells us how to open the door. Remember, Jesus said, I stand at the door of your church's hearts and I knock. If any man will open up, I will come in and sup with him or have dinner with him or manifest great things in his life. There's things you and I can do to open up the door for more of the power of God to heal cancers and diabetes and, and, and amputated limbs. There is a way to open the door for God to do more and there is a way to shut the door for him not to do more. What should we be interested in, the first or the second? The first. Open the door, right? It's interesting to think that a lot of these things that are in our court, when we don't do the things that open the door, we're actually hindering people from being healed of cancer. We're hindering people from being healed of brain tumors. We're hindering people from being healed of crippling diseases. When we deliberately and knowingly go against these things that are our part, that's basically what we're saying is, I don't care about the sick people. I don't care about the lame. I'm going to be in strife because I don't like them. I'm going to be in disunity because I don't feel like being in unity right now. And at the same time, you are a hindrance to people being delivered. How many think it's time to find out what opens the door? Do that. Resist anything that's trying to push us against that and see more power of God manifested in and through our church. These things are supposed to be for today and right. Oh my goodness, if I ask for a show of hands right now, how many of you have something in your body that's not totally right, not totally whole, maybe you're on medication or somebody very, very close to you is, and I asked you to raise your hands, well, just do it. How many of you right now have something in, hang on, hang on, how many of you have something in your body that's not right, you know it's not in line with health, or you're on medication for something, or your soul is troubled, or you're in depression, or anxious, or you know somebody very, very, very close to you, like a spouse or a child, um, or a parent that has something in their life, in this area that is not whole, W-H-O-L-E, raise your hand and look around. Look around. No wonder the Lord, our Heavenly Father, wants me, your pastor, to teach on these things so all these hands could go down next time that question is answered. How many like all those hands to go down pretty soon? When I say, I want to see how many people are feeble. How many people have anything feeble in their lives? Anything in your life that's not whole? And nobody raises their hand. I think we should rejoice right now like that's a reality. Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Yes, yes, yes! Come on! What happens when you rejoice exactly like you rejoice when it shows up? Before it shows up, you're headed toward it showing up. You have to go back and get the archive and hear that again. So, life-saving things originate in another realm than this realm that we're living in. Five physical senses. You find find what I'm saying? Life-saving things do not originate in this realm. Patches, uh, you know, band-aids, things like that, you can find a little bit of that. But life-saving and truly life-changing things, they originate in another realm besides this earth-natural realm. And that other realm is going on around us 24-7. Most people are unaware of it. They're unaware of Angels, they're unaware of demon spirits, they're un- unaware of, you know, human spirits, they're, they're unaware of this, this bigger realm. This is the small realm. This realm came out of that realm. God said, let there be, and man, it came on the scene. And the natural realm was created. Do you ever wonder in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, why, why it says this? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, not world. Worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen, they were not made of things which do appear. So in other words, there's invisible reasons for visible things. There's invisible reasons for for visible problems or blessings. Things that are powerful and life-changing do not originate in this realm. So we need to know a little bit about the invisible realm so we can get more in line with good things happening, open the door to the Holy Spirit and see powerful miracles and healings in this world. But if we're too natural, this realm will be like a distant fantasy, hazy dream, not really real, and therefore our receiving from that realm will not be proper. I'll quote you a scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man, not even the bad man, 
Not even the evil man. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. That's not a matter of being bad. That's a matter of not receiving real well. And if we're too natural, it, you can tell where you're at in your walk, whether you're walking more in the spirit or more in the physical, by what you immediately gravitate to when a problem comes. Is it the natural or is it the word? Is it a worldly remedy or a word remedy? Huh? You can tell. And oh, I wish you could all come on Wednesday nights back in time, hitting the time machine, go back about three weeks ago to Wednesday night. Oh my goodness. The Lord helped us powerfully with a message about fasting. Less natural, more spiritual. And why the disciples could not get a boy healed that they had power to get healed. Interesting. And the Lord said, well, number one, your unbelief is the reason. <laughs> Religion would say, no, it's the will of God because the disciples prayed and you didn't get healed. Just go home and accept the fact that your son is going to have this problem because that's your cross in life. That's what religion answers. Jesus said, unbelief. Faithless. And then he said, oh, by the way, something led up to your unbelief. And this kind comes not out but by some prayer and fasting. <laughs> you need to watch out what leads up to unbelief. And you need to be very interested what leads up to faith. So when that faith is needed, you're ready. Well, fasting doesn't change God. It changes us. It makes us more sensitive to the things of God. And so we taught that, a very balanced message, because people go too far in these areas, and I'd suggest you go listen to it. But there are no natural remedies for some problems. So what are we going to do? We're going to go to Faith Heights Church. We're going to pray to God that pastor teaches on manifestations of the Spirit. And we're going to believe God to do our part and see more of it. <laughs> right? There are no natural remedies for, some, for many problems. So turn to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to make this a little bit quick today. 1 Corinthians 12. Manifestations of the Spirit. That phrase is in the Bible, and that's why we're studying it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to notice verse 1. Paul says, By the Spirit of God to the church at Corinth and to the church at Grand Junction. Now, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Actually, a better rendering in the original Greek, because the words gifts is italicized, which means it's not in the original manuscript, though it's mentioned later. It's not just gifts that he's talking about. It would render this, verse 1, Now concerning things of the Spirit, or concerning the supernatural brethren, I don't want you ignoramuses. <laughs> I don't want you ignorant. I don't want you dumb about this. I want all of you, not just pastors. This was not written to pastors. This was written to every believer in the church. I don't want you ignorant of something. And this is one of the biggest problems in the church today is ignorance. I thought it was interesting in Romans 8 where it says the Spirit of God helps our infirmities, our weaknesses. What are they? You don't know. How to pray as you ought. Not knowing is a big problem. And that's why there's so much opposition to going to churches like this because you're going to hear from God, get things straightened out, your faith's going to get built, you're not going to be ignorant anymore, you're going to, you're going to recognize a lie from the light, right? You're going to recognize. And so he doesn't want us ignorant of something specific. What? The realm of the Spirit. There is another world. Things happen in this, in this life here because of yieldings to to things in the invisible world. There's a lot of people, if they, take this in the demonic sense. Demon spirits are real whether people believe they are or not. Yeah. Jesus cast them out, spoke to them, resisted them, and they fleed. The Bible talks about one devil and many demon spirits. They are very, very real. And there are a lot of people, if they realized and could see with their physical eyes, now I'm gonna take a little phrase from Keith Moore here, okay? If they could realize and see what they're yielding to when, when they're doing things, they know the Word of God says they shouldn't be doing, even though the whole world and half the church world says it's okay. If they could really see what they're yielding to in the spirit realm, they would throw up five times. They'd take 18 showers and probably throw up another 10 times if they saw what they were yielding to to fulfill that pleasure in the flesh or that pleasure of the soul. If, if people could see the demons they're in bed with, when they're in bed with somebody they shouldn't be in bed. If they could see past the physical, after they got done throwing up, 
they would take five showers and hopefully feel clean pretty soon. There are evil spirits that are influencing a lot more people than they're admitting, than the people are admitting. And you have to discern some of these things because the world's not going to tell you this. Hollywood's got it all perverted and distorted. Even Simon Peter, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, had to be rebuked by Jesus one day. And he said, Simon Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're more focused on the things of men than the things of God. Was Peter possessed with the devil? No, but he was yielding to a wrong spirit because of what he had said. And he knew better trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross and redeeming mankind. And the Lord had to say, get behind me, Satan. He, that, that wasn't Satan. That was Peter, but he was addressing the spirit he was yielding to. So just say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. Help, me help me to discern, to discern. And, never and never yield to any evil spirits. Now, a lot of you, whether you realize or not, you've yielded to evil spirits. Remember, just, just think back to that time when you just said your mind, you knew it was going to hurt. I'm going to just tell it like it is. I personally, at times, I have yielded to the devil in certain words I've said to people I've been in disagreement with. Are you listening to me? And I don't cuss. I, I, don't, I don't yield to that junk. But I, I said, and you know what? I'm going to just tell you this. The words that were coming out of me at that time Oh my gosh, you would have thought I was a five-star lawyer. You talk about logic to the max. You talk about smart, but it was demonic. The wisdom from above is first of all pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. But the wisdom from the earth, it's earthly, it's central, and it's devilish. There is a wisdom that will freak you out in your suke, and it's devilish. And you need to watch out about devilish charisma trying to sway you off of God's path for your life. Because I have a newsflash for the entire world. The devil is beautiful, smart, and fascinating. I'm quoting scripture to you. I didn't say he was beautiful. Isaiah said he was beautiful. Ezekiel said he was beautiful. And there's nowhere in the scriptures that says he lost his beauty. He lost his place. And now his character is no longer an a, a archangel unto God. It's the character of a serpent and a, and a snake and a dragon. That's his character and MO, not his beauty, not his, phys not his physique, not if you could see him. He is not a being with horns and fangs and red and ugly he is a beautiful, if you could put a picture up on the screen of a person in a beautiful suit with beautiful eyes and beautiful hair and just somebody you're like, man, I'd like to get around that person. That's what the devil looks like. And that's why he's so tricky. Everybody understands, resists the demonic. But he's got all kinds of stuff coming in under the radar left and right. The Bible says he transforms himself as an angel of light. You know what that means? Everything that feels and looks bright is not right. You better be no more word than just bright. The Bible talks about the devil being very, very crafty, very, very beautiful. It didn't say he was the most powerful of the field. It said he was the most subtle. And Eve fell for it. Many people are going down wrong roads today because they don't feel wrong. The devil knows nobody's going to go down a wrong path that feels demonic. I got to look, make this look like a godly word of God path somehow here. I got to make this look like some kind of path that they should be going down. Nobody's going to go down a wrong road that feels like a wrong road. We need to wake up. <laughs> Just because it feels right and seems right and looks bright doesn't mean it's God. It could be the enemy trying to deceive you away from something God has for your life. Everybody say, the devil is beautiful. And I resist him in Jesus' name. Let's see if we can get past the first verse here. <laughs> now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were non-Jews and non-Christians carried away unto these dumb idols. <laughs> 
Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, so he is talking about gifts, but not just gifts. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there's differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit. That's what we're talking about. Manifestations of the Spirit. The showing forth. The transferring from the invisible to the visible. From the spirit realm to the natural realm. Manifestations of the Spirit are given to every man in the church, because he's writing to the church. To what? To profit that man? No, it's all about profiting all of us. To profit with all. Then he lists nine ways the Holy Spirit manifests in the earth realm and wants to manifest more in our church. You ready? These are all supernatural. For to one is given, or we could say through one is given by the Holy Spirit the word of wisdom. That's knowing things about the future you can no way know except God revealed it to you. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. That's knowing something about the present or the past. No way you can know except the Spirit of God revealed it to you. To another, faith. That's special faith in the Greek because we all have a measure of faith. But this is talking about faith beyond our faith is given by the same Spirit for situations that our faith isn't strong enough to overcome. Now do you see why we need to have these things? How many know there's going to be times in your life and my life where our faith's not going to be enough? What do we do? Get under the bed and hide? Die young or what? What do we do? What do we do? No, we stay stirred up about the things of God and we expect a miracle beyond what our faith can produce. All right. Faith to another is given the gifts of healings. Now, they're both plural in the Greek, and you find that at the end of the chapter. God's given the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. What is that? That's supernatural healing of disease without aid of any natural remedy at all. That's supernatural healing. That's, that's remedies beyond the world. That's when the doctors say there's no hope. That's not, doesn't mean there's no hope. Gifts of healings from God by the same Spirit to another or through another is given the working of miracles. Now, bef before we go any further here, get this. And I hope you're all reading your chapter a day, Monday through Friday, because I just tell you right now, there are demons that do not want you doing that. <laughs> and if you haven't been doing it, rise up above that opposition and do it. Because as a church, we need to be in one accord here about these things. And plus, it's life-saving. We've been reading in Exodus how it says about five times in the book of Exodus that God heard the groanings of his people in Egyptian bondage. God heard their groanings. God said, Moses, I hear the groanings of my people. And he said it again. Moses, I hear the heart cry of my people to be delivered. Moses, I just can't. Not, I'm, not gonna do, I'm just going to not do anything. My people are groaning. I want to set them free from all the bondages of Egypt. I want to bring them out with not one feeble person among their tribes. I want them to come out with wealth. I want them to get out of that Egyptian Slavery, bondage. So what happens when God hear, hear, hears the cry of his people? What happens when he hears the groanings of his people and sees the tears of his people over and over again? What, what, what happens? Tell you what happens. God looks for a person who will wholly follow him so he can do through that person what his people need done. If God wants to bring deliverance in this church, we need to go, Lord, here I am. Use me if you want to. I don't care what it is. I'm available. Use me. Use them. I don't care. I don't want a stage. I don't need a platform. I just want to help. Because he said here, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And so if, if God wants to do some delivering, we need to start doing some being availing, being available. Yeah. <laughs> So it says here, to another, the working of miracles, to another or through another, prophecy. That's speaking under the inspiration of God, doing things under the inspiration of heaven and not just the earth. To another, discerning of spirits. That's actually seeing into the realm of spirits where you actually see in that, like John talked about, the heavens were parted, the sky parted. There's at times God will have you see into that realm. Like right now, there's angels in this room. Not little naked babies with bow and arrows. <laughs> 10 to 12 to 13 feet creatures of power who love you and war for you and do way more for you if you know how to believe and talk right. 
If you could see in this realm, I, I, I'm sure there's a few demons looking around right now saying, who can I stop from hearing this message? Who can I get offended at the pastor? Who can I get more concerned about lunch than, than what they're getting right now? I'm telling you, if we could see in the realm of the spirit right now, we'd probably see demons going around the people. You don't need to listen to this. Talk to your neighbor right now. Talk to your neighbor right now. And pastor says one thing and one phrase that he'll never say again that could have set you free and you missed it. When we come to church, this is not time to visit with each other. This is not time to talk. This is not time to look at text. Why? Because just as sure as you do that, the enemy sees some of these things. He's a spiritual being. He knows something's about to come your way. He'll do your best. Say, you know what? You don't really have to go to the bathroom right now, but go anyway. You're, you're getting fidgety. What do you do at a time like that? You say, shut up, flesh. <laughs> now, what do you do if you really have to go? You go. <laughs> Common sense, right? No, don't go here. You go to the bathroom. <laughs> Let me make that clear. <laughs> you know, we've had people in the church at times tell us they have to step out, take a drink of water, and take some medication. We totally understand that. We get that. We totally understand that. I remember one time, <laughs> I was in a church service, and I don't know what it was. It was something I ate for lunch or something, but it dried me out so bad. No, it dried me out. It, it, I, I, I felt like I was going to pass out. I was so thirsty. And this guy was going to like one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. I was like getting really at one of the latest meetings ever when I'm the most parched ever, you know. And I just, I just knew if I, if I wasn't going to fall out and faint, I needed to get up and go get a drink of water. And I got up and got a drink of water. And right as I did that, the preacher said, people need to not leave this service right now. This is very, very important time of the service. <laughs> and I thought, sorry, man, I'm going to repent later because I have got to get some water. I have got, but you know, it's, I, I'm going to call, I calm down over the years in that area because I know sometimes people have to leave a church service, half, H-A-V-E, have to. Being uncomfortable, being fidgety, being ADD-ish or whatever, that, that used to be able to control. Okay, nobody's leaving right now. <laughs> it, it, no, really, if you have to go, just like I did, I had to go. I needed some, some, some water. I, I didn't need living water at that moment. I needed real water. <laughs> so keep reading here. Let's, let's finish it because we have to go to something else before we're done. He said discerning of spirits means seeing into the realm of spirit. And then by the spirit is given kinds of tongues and another the interpretation of tongues. That's nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And all these worketh are activated by the one in the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. Severally as he will. And I say this to you, he wills to do a lot more than we've been allowing him to do. Him, he, just because the Lord hasn't been doing a bunch of things in our church service doesn't mean he doesn't want to. There's a lot of things he would like. He, 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 would, he would love it if everybody would tithe. But that's just not going to happen because he wants it. God would love everybody, you know, to love their spouse and to all kids to be obedient to their parents. He would love, that's his will, but he, it does not mean it's happening. Right? He'd like everybody to love Pastor John, but no, I'm just kidding. He, he would like to perform a lot of miracles and a lot of healings, but just because he wants to doesn't mean it's happening. He wants everybody to be saved and that's not happening. Well, why would we think all the gifts of the Spirit he wants are happening that he wants to happen? No, there's a lot of these things we just read about he wants to happen. And so turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. So just when it says, uh, all these work at the one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, that's not us just waiting around to see what his will is. He wills to do a lot more of these things in our church and through our church. So verse 1 of chapter 2 in Hebrews, the Bible says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to that bright sparkling new doctrine that is so amazing that I've never heard before that, oh, that preacher is so different and oh, that's just, no. We need to give the more earnest heed to things we've already heard. That needs to be more exciting to us than just new stuff. You can tell where you're at spiritually and you're growing up by seeing where you're at concerning verses like this. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to what? Things which we've, we've already heard. Why? Because just because you heard it doesn't mean it's in your heart, doesn't mean it's in your blood, doesn't mean it's engrafted, doesn't mean it's a part of you, doesn't mean you're doing it, doesn't mean you have the benefits of it. Obviously. 
I think one of the biggest messages the church needs right now is just do it. Do the word you already know. Don't worry about all the revelation everybody else is running after, the latest this and the latest that. Do what you already know. It's called what, digging till you hit oil. Amen. And sometimes you got to go deep. Sometimes you got to go over certain truths and certain words from God a hundred times more than your mind wants to. Because you want to get to it working in your life, not just knowing it. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. There, there's a whole sermon. I have to say this. This scripture right here, giving the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, talks about our responsibility when church is over. Okay, perfect example, right? Jesus is preaching about the sower sows the word and, you know, Satan comes immediately to take the word and, you know, some people bore fruit, some people didn't bear fruit, some people heard it properly, hang, hung on to it, believed it and saw great things. Other people threw it away after the first test and trial and all this. And so, and so the disciples are going, wow, this is some heavy teaching. So the sermon is over. Jesus just taught multitudes about the sower sows the word. The sermon is over. I mean, great life-changing truth affect every area of your life. Sermon's over. The disciples come to him after the sermon. You know, they didn't leave church, go back to their own life, forget about what they heard and live their defeated little life. Nope. They said, you know what? Church is over, but my talking to the Lord about what I got in church ain't even half over. Number one, do you really believe you're hearing from God in your local church? Things specifically for you, you can't even get any other place. Things overlap at times. We understand it. But you're going to get things in this church that God's given this pastor specifically for you. I live with you here. I know some things about this whole spiritual atmosphere in this valley than even other ministers. Keith Moore would even say the same thing. Kenneth Copeland would say things. Pastor John, you're going to know more about your people in that church than I even know. And they're going to get more out of your sermons than just what they get out of my sermons. If you're hearing from God and seeking the Lord, not just playing video games until it's time to preach. Which I don't play video games. Well, they came to him after a great sermon. And Jesus said, first of all, guys, let me tell you something. To you, to you 12, to you guys that are coming to me after church, you know, not just slipping back into your mundane, everyday schedule, natural this, natural that. You that are coming to me after church, you know, taking a little bit of time, showing some maturity about you. You coming to me after church about the things you heard in church? Unto you guys, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to those that are without, that just went back to their old routine thing, everything's like a movie, a parable. That was a good movie. Can't wait till the next one. Oh, that was a good movie. This is not a movie theater. This is holy. This is eternal. There is a big difference between Holy Ghost church gatherings and world premieres. Huge difference. Will you get emotional blessings in church? Oh yeah, but if that's all you get, that church is not where they should be. Oh, I felt so good in that church service. But then an attack comes and you don't get the victory. You'll find out real quick that emotions is not a real good defense against disease. I'm not saying it doesn't help. I'm not saying it doesn't help sustain you and help you. But friend, the things that we need are beyond feeling, beyond the natural, and beyond this world. And that's why we need manifestations of the Spirit. And that's why we need to do our part. Wow. Read this with me. Verse 2, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and, and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape, New Testament Christian, if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Notice that. Diverse miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So I'm thinking, how do we get his will in this area more manifested in and through our church? He wants to do a lot more than we've been allowing him to do. And I think ignorance has been the biggest blockage. Yeah. 
I think lack of desire for these spiritual things has been a big problem because, man, if we were to see everybody's desire right now, I'm not sure where the gifts of the Spirit would be on the list, on the, the graph or the chart. What you want most. What do you want most? What, what are you willing to give time, money, and energy toward? What, what are you willing to give your life for? What's highest on our list? The things of God, the gifts of the Spirit, seeing people delivered, a move of God, or can't wait to get back to this and I can't wait to get back to that. Oh, I can't wait to see how people responded to my posts and I can't wait to check my emails oh, and I can't wait to see that new movie and I can't wait to blah, 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 blah. What's highest on our list has to be determined by what we are focusing, at, focusing on the most. I asked Hunter as we were driving to Denver a couple days ago, I said, Hunter, I said, Hunter, I said, I said, how do, you, how do you desire something that you presently don't desire? How do you desire something that you presently don't desire? Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Why are you talking about desire, Pastor? I'll show you. This is our part in seeing more manifestations of the Spirit. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 828. God has set some in the church... Whew. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles in the church, gifts of healings in the church. You're in the church. Helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Have all, are all workers of miracles in the ministry sense? Have all gifts of healings in the ministry sense? Do all speak with tongues in the ministry sense? Do all interpret in the ministry sense? But covet earnestly the best gifts and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Now, as a lot of people think, see, love's more important because it goes into the love chapter, you know, love. Now we need, we need to forget about the gifts. Now Paul's saying this is the most important thing. No, the, mo the, the, the uh, more excellent way is love and power. Right. Yes. Did you notice the word and? Yes. Desire, er uh, covered earnest of the best gifts and so the more excellent way is not just love. He would have said, cover earnestly the best gifts, period. New paragraph. But I'm going to show you a more excellent way. No, love and power is the more excellent way. For instance, I was in Children's Hospital many years ago with Isaac and Carla, and he was having some checks done on his pancreas and all that, and surgeries were coming up and all that, and he was having a surgery actually in the hospital. I was at Children's Hospital in Denver, and I will, I will tell you flat out, when we walked those halls and saw parents with their little children that were bald, Cancer was eating them up. They loved their children with all their heart. But there wasn't much healing going on up there. Why? Because love without power is hard to express. Love if you love somebody that's sick, you kind of need some power to help them get healed. So what's the more excellent way? Well, it's two things. It's love and power. You know, some people say, well, what, what, what can we do? What's the way? What's the way to seeing more of these gifts? Love is the way to seeing more of the gifts. There's no greater motive than love for seeing more of the gifts of the Spirit. And so look at 1 Corinthians um, four. Did you see that verse there? Covet earnestly the best gifts and I show you a more excellent way. So what's our part? Do whatever we got to do to be excited about these things and stirred up about these things. Do what, why would he say covet earnestly if they could happen automatically? Why did it just happen automatically? This is our part. Yeah. Here's another thing. Why would the Lord tell us to covet earnestly something that he didn't want us to have? So if he told us to covet earnestly something, we should expect it to happen. Or why would he say covet it? Yeah. That would be mean for the Lord to say, now get real excited about this, but you can't have it. If he says covet earnestly, he wants us to have it. And number two, it shows us it's his will that we do have it or he wouldn't tell us to desire earnestly. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow after love and, everybody say and. and. Why put and there? Because they both go together. Follow after love and. Well, I'm just going to follow after love. Fooey on all that power stuff. And I just don't think we need to. It's God's will if people live or die. It's God's will if people are healed or not. I'm just going to follow after love and be nice. That's like a gun with no bullet. <laughs> right? Or a bullet with no gun. Follow after charity 
and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Well, we need them both. So in closing, you have to go to a couple scriptures. In closing, Numbers 32. Numbers 32. And I am closing. It's just my closing sometime can be a long time. Sometimes the last chapter of my book is the longest. Now, we'll, we'll get through this just in the right timing here. You guys will like this. This is good. I asked myself quite frequently more in the early days, but I, I still do now. I asked myself, Lord, why did the same church that we're a part of in the book of Acts 2,000 years ago, we call the early church, why did they have more miracles and healings and power of God and manifestation than us 2,000 years later with so much word today everywhere? Why, why did they have so much power? So many miracles. Why was people getting healed from Peter's shadow? Why were people being raised from the dead? Why? Why were these miracles happening in the book of Acts? Same church we're a part of. Why aren't they happening as much today? Why? I say, Lord, what, what did they have? 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 Lord, what did they have? And the Lord said, wrong question. You need to ask me what they didn't have pulling on them. What they didn't have distracting them. Jesus called it distractions of the age. Well, the age you and I live in is full of distractions. I am telling you, there are people yielding to their cell phones way more than they're yielding to the Holy Ghost. When that thing beeps, they stop what they're doing and they look at that phone like it's the Holy Ghost. When that thing vibrates, they stop what they're doing. They look at that text, not even thinking that maybe, maybe somebody else is trying to talk to me right now or maybe I've got something else to do. Don't get me wrong. I think these inventions are great for ministry. I think they're great. If I get something in my heart and I feel like I need to encourage someone, I pull out my phone, I give them a text. I call them, I send an email, I think that, but just letting that thing control my life, ooh, phone beeped, and here I am in a conversation with somebody, and my phone beeps, and I go to my phone, that is so disrespectful. That is so disrespectful. And I've been learning to, even in the presence of my elders and other people that are above me in the Lord, I will not be on my cell phone when they're in my presence. That is so immature. So disrespectful. If I'm in the presence of someone that's bigger than me in the Lord or higher than me in some kind of authority position, I do not get my phone out and start looking at it. I don't care if it's family time. I don't care if it's church time. I don't care if it's business or pleasure. I will not disrespect my elders. I can't do that. There's something in me that says that's disrespectful. I learned a long time ago, you know, when, if I'm, if, even in my office, if I'm on my phone and, and somebody higher than me walks in, I, I say, hold on a second. I am not just going to sit there while my leader is over there waiting to talk to me while I'm on my phone or doing some kind of text. I stop what I'm doing. Why? Because I'm not a baby. I realize there's respect in this earth. Even though 90% of the world and half of the church doesn't believe these things, I do. I refuse to walk. I, I would never. If, if a leader walked in my room and I was doing something really important on the computer, I would shut that thing and say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Why? Because it's right. It's respectful. And this goes for kids and parents too. Kids need to learn respect at home. They'll live longer on the earth, I guarantee you, because you got a promise from God on it. Children, you honor your parents, you honor your father and mother. The Bible says God promised it'll be well with you and you will live long on the earth. Why? Because you're so spiritual and you pray in tongues so loud? No, because you're respectful and honorable to people in your life. I can show you all kinds of people that speak in tongues and jump and shout and dance who are in total defeat today because they have little to no respect and submission and authority in their life. They don't understand the character things, the things that the flesh hates. <laughs> I was preaching the other day on a Wednesday night and I said, I think it was on the fasting teachings, I said, you know, there's times you've got to hurt your flesh to help your flesh. Yeah. You've got to do things you don't want to do to get the healing that your body needs. A lot of times that's fasting and other things. You, you got to do things you don't want to do to get what you want. Well, I want healing. I want healing. You better not want, want, want TV so much then. You better not want all this other stuff. You better get in the Word, which your flesh isn't going to like. But I'd rather hurt my flesh in the area of discipline and get it healed than defeat at all these pleasures and not get my healing and dumb sickness run its course. Numbers 32, verse 10. I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep going at 1140, guys, if I didn't think this was important. Numbers 32 and verse 10. 
And the anger of the Lord was kindled the same time, and God swore, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land, the promised land, which I swore to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. The Lord emphasizes this phrase, wholly following the Lord. W-H-O-L-L-Y, F-U-L-L-Y, fully, wholly, completely following the Lord. God said, those that wholly follow me get the full blessings of the promised land. Those that follow me but not wholly have no guarantee of the full promised land. I taught a message on this. Well, let's just read another scripture here. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy 1. Remember Caleb and Joshua, they got to enter into the full promise because God said they wholly follow the Lord. I'm going to connect this with seeing more gifts of the Spirit here in just a second. So in Deuteronomy 1, verse 34, through verse 36, it says, And the Lord heard the voice of your words, this is Moses talking, and he was wroth with you, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see the good land which I swore to give to your father, except Caleb, the son of Jephthah, he shall see it, and to him will I give the land that hath trodden upon it, and to his children. Why? Because he has wholly followed the Lord. Turn to one more scripture, Joshua 14. Joshua 14, turn to the right. Joshua 14. Oh, glory to God. This to me is absolutely wonderful because we can do these things starting today. Oh, glory to God. Joshua 14, verse 6. Now, Caleb's talking. The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, right? Joshua 14. And Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, said unto him, You know the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God. This is Caleb talking to Joshua. Um, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old I was when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brothers that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. There it is again. And Moses swore out that day, saying, Surely the land wherein your feet, Caleb, trodden, shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Is this phrase important, wholly following the Lord our God? Look <laughs> how many times they're repeating it. And now, Lord, Caleb said, Now behold, excuse me, now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet I am as strong this day at 85 as I was at 40 years old in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so my strength is now, for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, wherefore the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day, Joshua, how the Amicans were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be that the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and said, Caleb, go take your mountain. Hebron is yours. Oh, there's so many lessons. One of the things you need to realize, no matter how long it takes for tithing to work for you, no matter how long it takes for healing to show up for you or a child, no matter how long it takes, just trust God to take care of you in grand style till it shows up, because he will. Yeah. You'll be as strong at 85 as you were at 40 because you've refused to quit. It'll be a sign and a wonder. It'll be a miraculous happening that nobody can explain. This dude's as strong as he was at 85 as he was at 40. But here's the big deal, you ready? We look at the scriptures and we find out that Israel fell into all kinds of sins, idolatry. They fell into fornication. They fell into um, tempting Christ. They fell into complaining. And it says these sins really tripped them up, kept them from entering into the promised land. And a lot of times we focus on that. We focus on the, the, the tempting Christ, the, the idolatry, you know, um, making other things in your life control your moods more than God's word, you know. Uh, Whatever is an idol controls your moods. So get those idols, money, lack of money, people, uh, certain things, sports. Um, so they, they were involved in sex outside of marriage. They, they were involved in all these things. And it said, and it said all this access to the destroyer was given and they all got destroyed. 20 years old and up after a certain time, except Joshua and Caleb and his bunch. Well, yeah, they, they, weren't, they weren't committing fornication and they, they weren't tempting Christ and they weren't into idolatry, correct. But something else was going on even before that stuff showed up or didn't show up. 
I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people, we probably all fall into this category one time or another, because of our not wholly following the Lord, we did fall into some of these other areas. So what do we work on? These other areas are why we're not wholly following the Lord. Church, listen, listen. What was Israel's problem? Fornication, tempting Christ, idolatry, complaining. I submit unto you, there was a bigger problem. It's a little more hidden, but we're seeing it right now. You know what it was? Here, you ready for the contrast? God said about five or six times in these verses, Caleb and Joshua got to go into the full blessings because they wholly followed the Lord. Therefore, I would conclude the others didn't because they didn't wholly follow the Lord. Get your eyes off of the fornication. Get your eyes off of the tempting Christ. Get your eyes off of the idolatry for a little bit and realize there was something else going on that led up to that and it was they weren't sold out to God. They were a little bit worldly, a little bit in God and they were not fully sold out. It didn't say they didn't follow the Lord. It said they weren't wholly following the Lord. So I, I taught a sermon, I don't know, four or five, six years ago. I think it was New Year's Eve day, New Year's Day, not sorry, New Year's Day. I think it was in church or whatever. And um, I said, today we're going to talk about why say holy? W-H-O-L-L-Y. Why, why say fully? Why not just say, follow the Lord? Follow the Lord. Because there's a mondo difference between following the Lord up to your convenient level, up to your convenience level, up to your I have time for level, and wholly following the Lord and putting your plans, your birthdays, your kids' birthdays, your job, kids' sports, everything else on hold saying, they are not number one. I'm wholly following the Lord. Best thing you can do for your kids is wholly follow the Lord and not their thoughts and plans and desires. Best thing you can do for your kids is for them to see God's first in your life and not them. Because if they see their first, they're going to realize it's time to be selfish. It's time to squeal when I don't get my way. It's time to not be too concerned about everything out there but me, 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 me. You need to teach your kids when they're young that mommy and daddy have God in their life even before you, honey. Because there's going to come a time you're going to need more than I can give you. And if I ain't hooked up to the greater one, you ain't getting help from the greater one. They need to know you love them more than anybody on this earth, but you don't love them more than Jesus. Amen. There are times you put stuff on hold. There's times you stop things that your emotions say, no, if I love them, I'll give it to them. No, if you love them, you'll put God first. Yeah. There's times we've had to put our things on hold. We had to put birthdays on hold, anniversaries on hold, trips on hold, vacations on hold. And our kids felt it in the flesh, but they felt the power of God later. They, they're in church. They love it today. This is because they saw they weren't first. When it comes to holy, do you remember what Paul told Timothy? He said, meditate on these things. Give yourself completely and wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. There is a following God and there's a fully following God. And if we want more manifestations of the Spirit seen in our church, we have got to be wholly following the Lord. This is not something that you can just make a little adjustment on. You have to go home, pray, seek the Lord, Get the flesh under control. Get the mind under control. May take a day. May take a couple days. As much time as you have. You have to get to the zone where he and his things and his will is more important in your life than anything including you and what you want. Because you are your greatest enemy. There are so many people right now that want so many other things than the perfect will of God. And a lot of those things aren't bad. It's just they're not in line with wholly following the Lord. And I would just encourage everybody in our church to really ponder this right now as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are asking that you would reveal into our spirits, into our minds, beyond even what we heard today, add to it, expound it. After this service today, Lord, we'll talk to you about it. We, want, we don't want these things to be mysterious and far away. We want revelation. We want manifestations. We want it, Lord, and we thank you. We are willing to pay the price to do whatever you say in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a catino moote grefasina ete bragacho vondongre ete mapanico vonutsto pagale ishima egre fantuno monte brapacadade efra kisivanto bongonoche. The Holy Spirit says to this church and those watching even online that will hear this later. The Holy Ghost says, be discerning between your desires and God's desires. Be very aware of what you want versus what the Lord wants. 
For many times people get confused and they get off track because they think the good things they want are the perfect will of God for their life. But the Lord says unto you, analyze every good thing. You can't be doing all good things. There's certain good things I have called you to do. So don't just be distracted because it's good. Make sure it's God. Make sure it's the Spirit of God speaking to you. And then latch onto it with your faith and put memorials in your life like they did in the Old Testament. Things you can look back to to say when feelings aren't there, when emotions aren't there, when everything's going haywire and you feel like you're called to do something else and you feel like to go somewhere. And it could even be good things in good places. But the Spirit of God says analyze it and make sure you are not leaving something I originally led you to because you're tired, a little bit bored and something sparkly appeared over here. No, 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 no. I have called my people and set my people in certain places and they need to be patient. They need to endure and they need to grow. You will not grow only where you're getting the things you want. You will not grow only where you're getting the things you want. You will not grow just because you're getting the words you want. You will not grow just because you're in the atmosphere you want. You will grow because where I've called you, you're staying and you're overcoming and you're growing and you're developing and you're working through things and you're crucifying the flesh and you're renewing your mind and you're growing and developing and maturity instead of just leaving at the first sign of something better. So the Spirit of God says, analyze and look to all these things you know in the past were my will and make sure you're not going AWOL and make sure you're not just leaving a place or a thing that's a little bit old to you and that something brighter and shinier has appeared in the future and on the horizon. And I'm not just talking about geographical things here. I'm talking about attitudes and spiritual commitments, things that would tukuma astefiente crevajimado grovostik ekukubuuchi tema patiko utikadango bangalenechke. Some of my people have left spiritually. Oh, they're still there physically. Oh, they're still there in body, but they've left spiritually from the things I've called them to do in their church, in their ministry. They've left. The zeal's not there. The love, their first love is not there. Come back says the Lord. Come back. Come back to where I originally called you. It's not too late. The end of all things is at hand. We can make this thing go like the Lord Jesus wants it to go. You can rise up. You can be a part of the things that God originally called you to be a part of. It can be powerful and full of fire and many will be delivered and God will be glorified. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up, church. If your heart agrees with this, just say this from your belly. Say this from your insides. Don't say it if your heart doesn't agree with it. You'll hear it. Then you can repeat it and you can decide if you want to or not. Say this, Lord Jesus. I say this very reverently. You are my Lord. Yes, you're my Savior. Thank you for saving me. But you're also the captain of my salvation. You're the Lord of my thoughts, what I think on. You're the Lord of my decisions. You're the Lord of my place. You're the Lord of my doings. You're the Lord of my attitudes. You're the Lord of what I commit to. You're the Lord of my time. You're the Lord of my resources. You're the Lord of dreams. I don't just dream up what I want. I look to you. Life's too short to do my own thing. I believe in the rewards, Lord, that you said we should know about in the life to come right around the corner. They're important to me. I love you more than all. Help me to go further in my commitments to you. Help me to go higher in my consecration to your will. And I will miss tests and trials that you never intended for me to go through anyway as I follow your plan for my life. I choose this day to wholly follow the Lord. That may be one of the strongest prayers we've ever prayed. I choose this day, other than the salvation prayer, I choose this day to wholly follow the Lord. 
in your heart, you know if you're born again. If you're not sure in your heart that you are, please say this prayer with me right now and be born again and don't ever doubt it ever again. If you're wondering if you're saved, if you're wondering if you're born again, if you're wondering if you're going to go to heaven when you die, you don't have to wonder anymore. Just pray this prayer right here and right now. Say this, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. With all my heart, I believe God the Father raised you from the dead. You were born supernaturally. You died supernaturally. You rose from the dead supernaturally. And I believe it all. I don't need to understand it all. I just believe what you said. And now I thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 